Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm feeling a little dumb tonight, Robbie, but that's to be expected when I hang out with you. That's just mean. Why would you? That's not. Well, Robbie, you're so much smarter than me. You make uh, me feel dumb. No, that's not. <laughs> oh. I may know. I may know more about certain things than you. It doesn't mean I'm smart. All right. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content, uh, bonus episodes, weekly episode reviews, all kinds of stuff. I encourage you to check it out. Appreciate everyone who supports us. This week's episode is Lisa the Simpson, episode 4F24, originally aired March 8th, 1998. Written by Ned Goldrider. Gold Ryer? Ned Gold Ryer? There, I got it. Wasn't he in Groundhog's Day? I was going to say. Ding! Uh, no, it's a different guy. Uh, this Neil knows Ned. Ned the head. Uh, I've seen Groundhog Day too many times. This is the only uh, full-length episode he wrote. Uh, he wrote this. Oh, and wow. One hollow, he wrote uh, Easy Bake Coven uh, for a Halloween for Chess Far. That's, that's all he ever wrote for The Simpsons. He wrote for a lot of other comedy shows. Uh, directed by Susie Dieter. This was the last episode uh, produced by Oakley and Weinstein. Oh, wow. Uh, this is their last one on their run. That's true. Well, it makes sense why it's so good in the middle of this uh, <laughs> mediocre season. Oh, it's not mediocre. I mean, me, I, mm, well, I think we can talk about it at the end. <laughs> all right. We'll wait till the season's over okay. before we try and judge it as a whole. Uh, finished 19th of the ratings. Uh, Nielsen rating of 10.7, approximately 10.4 million viewing households. The second highest rated show on Fox a week following The X Files. So beat King the Hill this week, but could not Ooh. topple Mulder and Scully. Well, no. Mulder and, Mulder and Scully will be on top for another couple of years, probably. Uh, until Mulder decides he doesn't want to tell David to come and he goes, oh, I'm, done. I'm kind of done with this. There's enough aliens yeah. for me. <laughs> Which is obviously then, wrong. There's no and, then the, and then the T-1000 replaces him. That's not kind of... Mm-hmm. Okay, couch gag. Uh, the, a vine grows in the middle of the living room. The Simpsons appear as fruits and vegetables. I honestly... Do not remember this whatsoever. This is a new one. Neither do I. It was, it was a total surprise to me. I was like, "Wait, what?" I, I don't remember seeing I'm, this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't remember it at all. Uh, it's not. It's all right, but it's just. It's kind of fun just to be surprised. Uh, the episode guest stars Phil Hartman as Troy McClure in a in a bit part, as most of his were. <laughs> yeah, most of them are. Uh, this episode begins with the kids in the cafeteria uh, talk complaining about the cafeteria food. And frankly, considering how bad it usually is, the food they have in this episode isn't so bad, it seems. You know, a slightly less sloppy Joe? I don't know. It looks all right. That's true. And the, the weak coffee is important to give the kids. I, you don't want to give them strong coffee. I mean, Nelson's a big guy. He needs probably stronger coffee. Well, that's true. Skinner doesn't, but apparently Nelson does. Nelson weighs probably 140 pounds. He needs, he needs some caffeine in there. He has to, you know, he's double Bart's size, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so we, it's important that kids get their coffee. Otherwise, they'll grow up to be too tall. <laughs> it doesn't stunt your growth. I know. It's a joke. Garbage. Uh, Lisa bought an ast- bought her lunch at the gas station. It's astronaut. <laughs> I Everything about this confused me, Matt. I don't understand this reference. John Glenn's astronaut food. Wasn't this about the time that John Glenn went back into space? He was going to, was yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't think he had at the time. I think they even mentioned another news group where someone's like, "Yeah, John Glenn has talked about maybe wanting to go back." I don't think he'd done it yet at this time, but still, I don't. There's, it's a very, I don't know. I think this is just like a weird joke. I don't think it's referencing anything directly, which is what I 
maybe thought it was doing, but it, I don't think it is. It's just a weird. No, season. I think it's just weird products that people associate I, with. I, I, I guess I have to revert my mind to season eight kind of Simpsons mindset, and I think that was a weird thing watching this. Is like it is a well, it's weird. There's weird stuff in here. Um, there's a brain teaser on the back, which is appropriate. It's an astronaut meal. Astronauts are smart people. Uh, the kids are trying to f- figure it out. There's a brain teaser on the back. Professor Provolone's Picto Puzzle. That's a tough one. Got it. Is this it? Excellent, Millhouse. How about this? Nice work, Bart. How about you, Lisa? I'll get it in a second. Don't worry. Oh, of course. It's... Yeah, champion of the world! Answer this, Professor. Hey, some of us are still trying to solve it. Just you. Maybe I can't concentrate because of all your cooties. It's called lice, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, that. poor Millhouse. Yeah, the... Uh, it, Why has hmm. no one shaved his head if he has lice? His parents don't really pay attention to him, Matt. That's a good point. You know what? You're right. They don't really either. That was a stupid question. His mom or his dad. Neither. Both of them have separate issues, and neither of them really care much about Millhouse at, at, at this point. Post is post divorce. I don't think Millhouse is a very high on the totem pole. No, his parents are all about themselves. Unfortunately, uh, Lisa can't get it, and it's stressing her out. Like especially, the, I think Nelson getting it is very concerning to her. Uh, she's struggles with it she can't get it she focuses she spends all night trying to get it and she can't she just it there's something blocking her and she doesn't know what it is and obviously it's a lack of sleep that's what's it probably doesn't help that i think it's but i i think it's this episode does a good job of understanding how lisa i don't know lisa doesn't she is kind of that pragmatic logical person she's like well Everyone else is getting it. Obviously, the problem is me. And since I'm not getting it, I'm, I'm, there's something wrong with me. And especially when she's, she's that Ralph gets the, <laughs> when Ralph has solved it. Yeah, I'm not so sure that Ralph has actually solved it. We don't see him checking the answer with Martin uh, like we do to everyone else. So, you know, maybe, maybe Ralph just thinks he solved and, it. And Bart actually didn't solve it either. You know, Bart just, no, he just stole it from Millhouse. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, you know, it's not that. And Nelson has been shown to be a drastic underachiever. So he. Yeah. I mean, so has Bart for that matter. They Bart probably could have gotten it. It was just really funny to make him steal Millhouse's answer. Yes. Uh, so Lisa, because she spent all night trying to solve uh, this puzzle, and couldn't do it. Uh, she she had to do an agriculture project, which. Is that, I mean, I went to school in cow country, USA, and we never had to do agriculture projects. Well, uh, I think it was an excuse to have Ralph bring in a piece of a cow. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Which, it got him a C minus. That's probably the best grade he's gotten in a long time. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. You got results. Uh, Lisa forgot, didn't do anything. Uh, so she makes a eraser, a pig out of an eraser with some push pins and a paperclip, which is pretty impressive improvisation, but still not very good. I mean, could I feel like this is on Miss Hoover? I feel like Lisa could have just gone, "Hey, can I have? Can you give me till tomorrow?" And I mean, uh, Miss Hoover, like most teachers, would go, "No, absolutely not." F. I but or it's, zero. It's not. This is Lisa. 
she can't. That's true. She's gonna be like, oh, uh, Miss Hoover, uh, my grandfather died, and be like, oh, okay. I guess I don't know. Lisa doesn't even try to come up with an excuse. She just goes, oh, here's my thing I made in the last second. I mean, frankly, Lisa, I love her. I just love her line where Miss Hoover says, "I'm disappointed in you," and Lisa's like, "Me too." Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, surprised at you. Surprised, she said. Well, I mean, I think that's and that's kind of the where all this is pushing. It's pushing like Lisa is. This is so unlikely. So Lisa not getting brain teasers. Lisa failing projects, even though. I think Lisa could eat an F. I think the rest of her grades probably would it wouldn't hurt her. Uh, she gets all A's anyway. One F it will just slow bring her average down from a ninety eight to a ninety six or something. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Um, but sh- there's something wrong. Obviously, something wrong, and she doesn't know what it is. Uh, at the same time, we see the 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 B plot. I guess it's a rather it's a, a <laughs> it's a very meager sparse B plot in this episode. Uh, where it's just Homer kind of hanging out with a poo at the Quickie Mart, admiring uh, lurid l- pens. I've never oh, seen Homer. Uh, Homer apparently does not have access to the depths of pornography that we do today. I, I no, well, it was nineteen ninety, even ninety eight. No, I, he did not. And Homer doesn't know how a computer works, so he definitely did not. <laughs> but I've never seen one of these pens in the wild ever. I have not either. Uh, I've seen. <laughs> similar things but never with actual naked women on it like i've seen the type of pen he's talking about but i've never seen the you know one that has a naked woman no i've seen i've seen like trick pens and stuff and like they slide and there's something inside of them but i've never and i've gone a lot of garbage tourist shops on the beach all right the places you would expect to sell this utter crap and they did not have any of it maybe that was just a time and place thing uh that as we've got the the access to the other depths of pornography that it just kind of went away perhaps. But as Homer is just staring at pens, Jasper is slowly emptying out a freezer uh, and they soon find out why. Hey, look, a freezer man. Wait a minute. There is a note. I have frozen myself so I may live to see the wonders of the future. Thaw me out when robot wives are cheap and effective. P.S. Please alter my pants as fashion dictates. Now you're swinging, honey. Darn it! I I really just uh, this just uh, it's further uh, demonstration of Lisa being frustrated with herself, but also Homer's. Suddenly appreciating her music, it's when it's beep bop and it bop beep bop beep meh. Like I Homer's re, Homer suddenly loves weird acid jazz or something. I don't I don't know. Yeah, Homer's liking of this is very strange. But it's Homer being weird. Uh, I mean, maybe Homer just likes dissonant things. He, he's probably a Philip Glass fan. I like the idea of Philip Glass. Everyone likes the idea. No one likes the actual execution. I I know actually I do know people who do like the actual execution. Weird. I was an orchestra, Matt. What do you want? Like, I you know way too much about weird musical things. Philip Glass is honestly not that weird. He's pretty like oh that Philip Glass is like weird for like if you're in 1960. But if you if you want weird like music in 2017, there's much weirder stuff than Philip Glass. Even in like the even yeah, in that's that probably true. even in that sphere of music and like proper you know educated music, 
stuff. There's way weirder stuff than Philip Glass. He's kind of he, he's <laughs> he's actually he's like old stodgy Philip Glass at this point, honestly. Ooh, uh, Lisa doesn't know what's going on, and so she goes to Marge, who is cutting Grandpa's hair in the kitchen with the using the kitchen table cloth as his as a hair catch, which I don't. I don't want no old people hair on my food. Well, yeah, that's pretty gross. I don't. There's no defense, man. You can't even attempt it. Nope. Grandpa's listening to all this, and March is like, "Oh, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. Everyone has them." And Lisa feels it, there's something like telling her inside. No, it wasn't just a bad day. Which, in all actuality, March was right. She should have just listened to March. It would have <laughs> been fine. But Grandpa knows something, and he tells her. He tells her about the Simpson gene. It can't just be a bad day. I feel like I'm getting dumber by the minute. Oh, ain't no big deal. All Simpsons start to lose their smarts around your age. What are you talking about? Well, I'll show you. Follow me. Wow, Dad was a good speller? Oh, your dad used to be smart as a monkey. Then his mind started getting lazy, and now he's dumb as a chimp. Grandpa? Hey, I am too. Your brother's coming along nicely. Look at Bart's homework. Back when he was your age, he was smart as a chimp. (gasps) This is just two years ago. That's right. Then the Simpson genes kicked in. This is crazy. Just because you and Dad and Bart went downhill doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. Does it? Sure. But it doesn't mean you can't live a long and pointless life. Uh, so Lisa sees her future in front of her, sees her getting dumber, dumber, and dumber until she becomes Homer, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, Lisa is writing in her journal about her fears, essentially. Dear Log, can it be true? Do all Simpsons go through a process of dumbening? Wait, that's not how you spell dumbening. Wait, dumbening isn't even a word. So, yes, poor Lisa is going through a process of dumbening, or at least as far as she can tell. Uh, but uh, dumbening, what is not a word, I'm sure it is now, because the Simpsons have introduced so many words into our lexicon that I- I'm sure by now someone has added it into the Oxford English Dictionary. I mean, they've, we've got much weirder words in there, but just just how things go, I no, guess. Dumbening is a word, Matt. Come on. Of course it is. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word as an, as an English major. Yeah, exactly. I am, I am the utmost authority. I, exactly. I have a piece of paper. That's true. A piece of paper that somebody uh, who has an has their own piece of paper gave to you. So you know, it's a chain of trust, essentially. You're you're making me kind of distrust all of uh, academia, Matt, just by saying that. Uh, sorry, man. It's just uh, the way it goes, unfortunately. <laughs> so anyway, um, Lisa is interrupted by Bart and Homer uh, with a new game that apparently appears in this episode uh, where they put pots on their heads and run at each other. I'm not sure how this is scored, but it looks like a pretty fun game. Just going to throw that out there to watch other people do, not to play yourself. I feel like – all right. I I have some theories about this episode. One of them Mm -hmm. is is – I have a question really for you. Is the Homer Simpson syndrome only – I mean it is called Homer Simpson syndrome – does that include all other Simpson men as well? Does that part of the Simpson gene is that thick skull? You know, I would assume like that's 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 on the same 
part of the Y chromosome is the that's probably actually that's a good reason for this Simpson gene uh, is because they have to make space for all the extra padding around his uh, skull. So therefore, their brains have to gradually shrink as they get older. So makes sense. All right. Okay. Good. I'm glad that we have we have scientific principle here to prove that we yes, do. yes, that, we're not just throwing things out no. there. There's a basis in scientific fact. There's the Simpsons. Hi- hypothesis. We're doing <laughs> testing, variables, True. other words like that in science. Independent and dependent variables. Yep. You yep. know, yep. P value. Our p value is totally below 0.05. We'll do a whole bunch of studies and then we'll do a Bayesian analysis. Don't talk about my p values, Matt. You don't know what I'm drinking. Oh, Robbie, it's you sweet summer child. It or, was, or as a winter it, child, as it were. It was right. Yeah, don't tell me about summer. I, I nearly slipped on ice walking to the store today. Anyway. Anyway, after Barton Homer introduced to this fun new sport, uh, Lisa decides she has to learn more. And to do that, she goes to Dr. Hibbert to learn about DNA, to which Dr. Hibbert replies, there, here's a video. <laughs> so you're worried about your genes, huh? Well, does it hurt when you go like this? No. Then will you turn this projector on for me? I think the film should answer all your questions. Have you ever wondered why fat parents have fat children? Or why Chinese parents have Chinese children? It's no coincidence. It's because of D M A. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such medical films as Alice Doesn't Live Anymore. And Mommy, what's wrong with that man's face? But Mr. McClure, what is DNA? What the? Oh, hi, Billy. Let's find out together. DNA is God's recipe for making you. You take a dash of Dad... A pinch of mom, then we bake for nine months and... Mmm, that's good, Billy. Mr. McClure, what does DNA stand for? At the end of that, there's a, when uh, McClure has asked that question, he looks blankly at the camera, which is one of the best like silent gags you'll ever have, because <laughs> it immediately cuts after that. I mean, that was very informative to me, Matt, that video. Uh, I'm sure it was. Uh, that's basically how it happens. And, uh, and that was, video was super racist. Well, yes. Also, I mean, I had some questions after I watched it. I just watched it again and it fixed everything. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, what kind of questions did you have? Like what DNA stands for. <laughs> oh, and uh, you got that answer, did you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Billy told oh, me. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad someone learned something from that, because uh, Lisa sure didn't. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, she asked to change her DNA by sitting on the microwave. And according to Dr. Hibbert, that is not possible according to any movie he's ever seen. So at least we now know where Dr. Hibbert is getting his medical information from. I mean, doctors are good sources of just science knowledge a lot of the time. They're they're highly specific, educated people, but they know things about very specific things. I, don't, I wouldn't go ask them about how to fix my car they're they're they doctors I'm not gonna... yeah but this is a pretty science related thing that they should know about i mean he's a general practitioner and he's been one in, in springfield for 25 years now uh we've known about dna for a lot more than 25 years i understand that matt but when how when did he go to college a long time I ago in the 70s yeah and i assume uh, they were also... already doing 
genetic editing in the 70s. Come on. They didn't have CRISPR-Cas9, but they had something. Matt, was Dr. Hibbert deep, doing deep dives on DNA? No, he took like a couple classes, probably in bio, pre-med biology classes that told him the basics about genetics and DNA and all that stuff. And then he went and learned how to like make sure babies don't die or whatever. He doesn't, he's not, I don't think he retained all that knowledge. He has to laugh too much. It's true. He was studying the Cosby show a little too hard. I think so. And also, microwaves don't do anything to your DNA. That's true. They're uh, non-ionizing radiation. Well, actually, microwaves might be ionizing radiation, uh, but I don't think so. I think they're a bit too low energy for that. Uh, but also, that's why you have that weird pattern on the front of your microwave on the glass. You see it's got little dots in it that actually uh, are, those are metallic dots that keep the waves reflected inside. So, you know, don't just put anything in front of the front of the microwave. Make sure it has little dots on it. I, I don't microwaves what can't they do how do they work <laughs> anyway uh dr nick comes to check out jasper and uh jasper has basically cryogenically frozen himself uh he slowed his heart down to you know less than a beat a minute it sounds like uh everyone is crowding around to see him uh and of course apu is absolutely flabbergasted by this and tells him to go away they are a convenience store not a freak show uh but when he is offered the princely sum of i believe a dollar fifty he reconsiders and opens the freaky mart come on come all see the amazing frozen man also gaze at the frito found in a bag of doritos marvel at the floor that just won't come clean i've had one of those floors they are marvels they're also suck but you know that's just the way i worked in a grocery store i definitely had floors though that just would not come clean i mean i understand that there's things in my house that just won't come clean uh (laughs) just full this episode is just full of science matt like we see jasper frozen and just stayed near frozen for days you know that's full on science Mm -hmm. you can do that in real life right you just put yourself in a grocery store freezer and you're fine no yep. problem. Uh, make sure make sure you uh, get down to about negative thirty degrees, and then your skin just kind of flakes off, and it's fine, totally fine. There's nothing like uh, was it cellular? Uh, what's the term that happens when you thaw things with, with cellular walls that and they oh they pop open because the uh, ice yeah. expands. Yeah, and then the thing melts because it you're not you can't do that. <laughs> uh, that's correct. You cannot. We are not water bears. That's we're not we're not water. Wait 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 a second. We're not water bears, is what you're saying. That's correct. We cannot be frozen and completely return. We cannot survive in the vacuum of space unaided for several days and then come back. Sorry. All right. I think I can accept that. Uh, but uh, after Apu opens the Freaky Mart, we go back to Lisa, uh, who fears for her future. But she looks out the window and she sees Ralph. Ralph is happily putting the flag on the mailbox up and down. Uh, I don't know if there's many of you out there who remember the flag on the mailbox. Uh, apparently, most places don't have that anymore. But it was a little, little piece of plastic that you put up when you had mail. What? Postman to pick wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. People don't, they don't have that anymore? Yeah, they do. I don't even have my own mailbox anymore. We just have, like, this neighborhood mailbox we have to all go to. Well, I know, but... Turns like, out people get, get I, their mail stolen. No kidding. I I mean, I... I I don't know. I we at my last job they had a they had a mailbox out front with a little flag and whenever you wanted to mail something you put it in the mailbox. Put the flag up. So weird, but you know it. It's not weird. It's how it's been done for hundreds of years, right? Hundreds of years, maybe maybe a couple <laughs> Thou- decades, thousands of years even. Back in you know, Whoa, eight, thousands of years Egypt, they had little flags on mailboxes. Ancient Egypt, you'd put a little. You had a mailbox outside your little house, and they'd have them. <laughs> sure, Robbie. Sure. I don't know. I, 
<laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, so Lisa, seeing that Ralph is happy in his stupidity, attempts to join uh, Homer and Bart in their stupid happiness by watching TV, and it is ridiculously boring. I believe that the first one is when buildings fall down, and uh, sure, why not? <laughs> that I mean, sounds like a, a Fox reality show. I'm cool with watching buildings fall down. That sounds fun to me. There, did you see the I'm video sure of the implosion of the uh, of the Georgia Dome? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I got the video that blocked got by the bus. Blocked by a bus. <laughs> that stupid bus, man. <laughs> I like my favorite part oh, well. was the cameraman going, "Get out of the way, you stupid bus." <laughs> that was the highlight. Uh, it was it was great. Anyway. I like uh, the television. The f- I like that. I, I don't like I don't know. I don't need to see police chases, but buildings exploding are fine. They're not getting I don't know. Lisa's saying, oh, people might have been hurt. I don't buy that. All right. I there's buildings people are fine. Buildings falling is just distru- mindless property destruction. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one got hurt, as Lisa suggests. I mean, I think she suggests that people might have gotten hurt. I'm that's saying, what I'm saying. Like, as she suggested, people got hurt. And that did not happen, of course. Of course, come on. Fox wouldn't show people getting hurt on television. No, they would never make money on people's pain and suffering. No, never, ever. Well, Lisa is very sad in this moment. I don't know. I Lisa's trying to embrace the dumb, and it's not working uh, because she's not dumb. I, I don't know. I feel like this is a this whole premise is a little bit of a stretch. Well, it is because Lisa is not dumb. That, that, that's the, I think that's the whole point of the episode is that Lisa thinks she's becoming dumb, but because she doesn't enjoy these things, she's missing the signs that she is not. Well, I, my, pro, my main problem with it is like, I, I think you and I both love Lisa and both like her as our favorite character because we both resemble her in many ways. We are both, you know, relatively intelligent young people who felt like we didn't belong anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. I was a kid. I like Lisa's teacher's pet, got great grades. I mean, it's elementary school. You just have to basically show up. And but I never like I lamented my intelligence at times. Like I felt like I didn't fit in. But I never went, oh, I'm suddenly becoming dumb because I got a bad grade. Like, if I get a bad grade, I go, oh, what's like, I felt guilty and like bad. But that's just because I did that. Not like I've suddenly blame it on, I don't know. I don't think grandpa is persuasive enough to suddenly convince Lisa that she's getting that, like, she's just progressively getting stupider. Uh, and that's a weird, like, that's the thing about this episode. It never felt like an episode, like a season eight episode to me. It always felt. Like a season nine, season ten episode where they get a little bit more lenient, let's say, with some of the plot developments at times. And, you know, not like, of course, they did it before, too. But this has the character and stuff. It just always felt it felt weird to me that Lisa would think, honestly, think that she is getting dumber because of her genetics. See, Lisa's like anxiety and her tendency to be I don't want to say self-absorbed because Lisa doesn't always have that, but a lot of the time she overthinks things a lot. And I think that's almost exactly the kind of thing she would do is she's constantly evaluating herself. I mean, we saw it essentially in um, the PTA disbands where Lisa uh, actually, have we seen that yet? Yes, Matt. 
Oh, okay. It's hard to remember what we have and haven't seen. Uh, in the PTA disbands, she constantly has to have reassurance that she is doing a good job. And when that reassurance fails her, it's totally within Lisa's character to get inside her head and think, is something wrong with me? Am I, you know, failing in some way consistently? And the fact that she couldn't get the brain teaser, she did poorly in school, she can't play her saxophone anymore. That's the kind of thing that I could definitely see causing her to think this way. And I think it's actually a great episode because of that, because you can slowly see Lisa, you know, believing more and more that she's becoming dumb. And this like fall from grace, you want to put it that way. It's probably a poor turn of phrase uh, that she gets down to this point and it just it does not satisfy her to, you know, be at the same level of Barton Homer. I I'm not going to make it's not a big deal to me. I, I, I like I, I I appreciate what the episode does. I appreciate like Lisa, like this understanding of of Lisa, you know, as how her intelligence relates to her and how she has to kind of deal with the fact that oh, what am I if I lose my intelligence? Like that's an interesting question. I just feel like I wouldn't have Grandpa be the one to convince, <laughs> try and tell her. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. if it was like if it was a like a peer, someone she respected, who's in like someone who's intelligent. I could understand it better, but Grandpa, I mean, he, that's, and I, I don't know, that's more of a problem with Grandpa's characterization throughout episodes more than hers. It's just, he is sometimes incredibly uh, smart and, like, and remembers everything and is very relevant and important, and then other times, he doesn't remember, like, how food works and like i don't like you want you want lisa to have to understand and like treat him like he's some scientist or something oh yeah homer used to be smart homer was in first grade like i said you get an a in first grade for showing up and filling your name in a in a in a on the homework it's not like you have to be super well, smart to get grades in first day in first grade that's true but Smart people are very easy to fool themselves into thinking a certain way, especially the ones that are a little more neurotic, like Lisa kind of sometimes tends to be. Uh, you know, cults, a lot of times cults are filled with smart people because they have essentially deluded themselves into believing outlandish things. And this is the same thing happening to Lisa. She is slightly neurotic. She has – she's uh, – put together this pattern of herself feeling dumb. And when grandpa reaffirms her belief and says, Oh, it's happened to all of us before. and It'll happen to you too. Lisa just freaks out and doesn't think things through. It's a very human thing to do. And that's one of the reasons I like this episode is because it shows Lisa acting, maybe not like an eight year old, but like a human being, like even smart human beings do really stupid things. And this is Lisa's time to do that. Mm, I that's all, all right, I got. Fair I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> uh, it's not – like, I, I don't know. I saw a lot of people are like, this is the best Lisa episode since Summer of Four Foot Two. I'm like – I don't know about that. Um, no, yeah. I'm I, I like, it's it's all right, and I appreciate it, but I don't think – I don't even think it's the best episode that tackles, like, Lisa dealing with – directly dealing with her intelligence. Like, I don't I, – I, I think it's – No, I mean, that would be the one with Allison. Uh, yeah, like, and that's the thing. I like that's the more feeling I would expect her when she starts doing poorly or can't understand something. It's more like, oh wait, I don't, I don't know. It's just more panic than ennui. Yeah, I don't. It's just a, it's a weird mix of things. Also, you're what? Okay, we're back at the Freaky Mart. 
All right. We are back at the Freaky Mart, uh, where Apu has expanded his repertoire. He's got a can of mystery that no one knows what's inside, and an offensive hat that can you read it? Uh, there is an offensive hat that H- Flanders hides his son's uh, eyes from uh, because it in- involves words that he is not prepared to tell them. Uh, meanwhile, Grandpa is telling a-, a wonderful story about him and Frostilicus. Me and Frostilicus go back a long way. I used to share a bathroom with Frostilicus. In fact, I got a real funny story about that. Actually, it's not so much funny as it is long. <laughs> so, yes, like all of Grandpa's stories, they're more long than interesting. And that's the At other... least there's no onion on their belt this time. There's a story, like, literally in the same episode, Grandpa is droning on about Frostilicus. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm supposed to take him seriously? I'm supposed to go, oh, no, Lisa's getting dumber. <sighs> Uh, yeah okay grandpa essentially exists to serve plots i mean he's i know i know family i know i don't i don't i understand like and that's part of the problem to me is just it just feels very like i can see the seams a little bit i can see oh yeah grandpa's just there to introduce Dalla to lisa i know that it's i don't want to see the seams i don't want to have to i don't want i want an episode that suspends my disbelief not makes me think Oh, Lisa, uh, is it's this is there too? Like I like the result, like I like the I don't like the cause necessarily. I don't want I don't like the the steps to get there. I suppose, but I guess it's the most efficient way. But I don't really <laughs> I don't know efficiency and efficiency in storytelling is only good if it is also I don't know if it's a dumb action movie all right but if it's like a heartfelt story about lisa dealing with her intelligence i kind of want a little bit more legwork i don't know I, I can definitely see what you're saying and if perhaps you know they could have had a scene where instead of having grandpa tell her lisa is going through her old homework and finds the old homework of homer and bart and is like oh man they went downhill i'm gonna go downhill too rather than having grandpa introduce that i do i it i also have- I also should have said that in that scene where Grandpa does reveal it, I do think it's very clever the way that he does the paper flip and you see all the bad faces yeah. on Bart's homework. That is very good. I want to point – that is a good little symbol, a little metaphor for Bart's decline. And, and, but I – I don't know. Um, well, no. I'm not going to worry about it. We'll keep – just move on. Let's, okay. Frostilicus, <laughs> Jasper uh-huh. – Yes, uh, as Grandpa tells the story about Frostilicus, uh, Jasper begins to stir. So Apu, seeing this, and in his hand, the giant wad of cash he's made from uh, the entrance fee to the Freaky Mart, he turns the freezer down to as low as it will go to keep Jasper frozen. I, It's it's a weird B-plot, and I, I feel like there's almost no interaction between the two, because there rarely is, honestly. I feel like they just could have... they. It almost feels like they produced a whole bunch of B plots and just stitched them in where the time constraints fit. I mean, I don't mind. I like the B plot's funny. Like it has moon pies. Like that's the <laughs> the, the 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 immediate like oh right quotes from this episode moon pies. But it is very silly and cartoony when Lisa's plot is very much like oh no I'm losing I'm losing part of myself. I am like I'm flower for Algernoning a little bit. Uh. Uh, it's it's a weird mixture. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, Apu is uh, essentially uh, accessory to murder. Uh, it's essentially what Apu is here. Uh, or, I guess to say, accessory to euthanasia. Let's put it that way. Uh, like like the, uh, the bungee jump uh, <laughs> instructor. Just like that. Uh, but back to Homer, Bart, and Lisa. Uh, they have watched a... Uh, TV show about 
surgery in some way, uh, which has gotten them hungry. Uh, dinner will be ready in three minutes, but it's not fast enough, which... It's very funny, What for, for one. Mar- ba- Bart and Homer eating melted chocolate from a couch cushion. Uh, it's They're, like, on the floor. And it does, uh, like, I think, like, they have a moment earlier where they are sitting on the couch watching the dumb television, and, like, they have a very much, like, come, Lisa, there's room for one more. And, like, that is kind of, like, a, a, a I think, like, a, a moment to, like, so, like, be, like, supposed to be haunting, supposed to show us, that like, oh, man, Lisa is just figuratively joining them in their dumbness. But it's all right to indulge in dumb art sometimes. It's okay to watch action movies and buildings collapse for fun. But it's when, this is the effectiveness to me, it's when... Homer and Bart are just eating warm melted chocolate from the couch cushions because they don't want to wait three minutes. That is a real, like, that's an actual demonstration that gets to me and makes me a little peeved and a little bit like, (laughs) and especially when Homer and Bart are somehow offended by this. I'm like, where's Marge? Well, if she just started dinner three minutes earlier, they wouldn't be in that issue. Where's Marge in all this? Where is Marge going? What are you doing? Get off the floor. (laughs) <laughs> Marge is cooking dinner. She's finishing. She's plating it right now. And presentation is important. Dang it. I mean, I like nice presentation from time to time. You know, you sprinkle the sauce mm-hmm. on the outside. You put a little chives on top or whatever. It's good. You want color. You need to add color. You don't have just two piles of brown stuff on your plate. You need to have some green. You know, a little bit of effort goes a long way. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, while Lisa is uh, watching Barton Homer chow down on melted candy bars from beneath their butts, she imagines her future, and it is not a pretty picture. Quit it! Quit it! Quit! You kids knock it off! Mama's watching her stories! Hi, honey! It's me, your husband, Ralph! Hey, Angel Pie! Can you drive me down to the library? I want to rent us up some movies. Wesley, get Mama's prying bar. Easy does it now. A little more. Get right back. I'll get your coat. No. No what? I don't want to turn out that way. What way, Angel Pie? Like you. So, yes, uh, Lisa is extremely distressed and uh, takes it out on Barton Homer uh, for you ready? no particular. Reason. I mean, I there's a particular reason. It's that they're monsters eating garbage chocolate off the floor. All right. I have. <laughs> I, okay. Here's mo- more of me complaining. Um, why? Okay. Her little dream sequence. I don't like it. I don't like it, Matt. I don't like the way. Like, I okay. Maybe, maybe I can foresee Lisa. Like, that's a nightmare for Lisa. Is her being like a overweight lady with a lot of kids and married to Ralph because she's gotten so so much incredibly dumber. Um, but I don't. I I could buy it, I guess, in the sense that I can see it as a realistic nightmare for Lisa. But in the sense that everything about it feels kind in like as a as a consumer in a like distant like disconnected way this feels like the laziest thing just having one lisa suddenly be fat suddenly lisa has a southern accent suddenly lisa has a lot of kids and suddenly lisa's married to ralph like all of those things feel like really lazy humor it's like i like 
I can buy it like as a realistic way, but you can't necessarily just make that argument. Oh, it's realistic. Lisa would fear that. I want more. Like I want better. I want Dibby to be better. It's not like it's kind of like one. Like fat people aren't dumb. Two southern people aren't dumb. Three people with kids aren't dumb, and people who are married to people dumber than them aren't dumb. I like, I don't know. It's just like hitting a lot of lazy stereotypes and uh, it rose me the wrong way. I mean, you're not wrong, but I, like I said, like those people said, that's the kind of thing Lisa would fear because Lisa has those prejudices. So it makes sense. Uh, I know. I just don't. It's still, I don't, uh, yeah, you can't necessarily it, like go, oh, it's real. Like that's also a late, like, I don't, you can't, that's what, like, uh, you've got to be better. Like, come up with a better so Like, there's a lot of other fu- possible futures that Lisa could fear. Like, a c- more clever version of this, which they've done before, honestly, is Lisa, like, instead of Lisa, like, suddenly appreciating... I don't... Like, maybe she listens... Instead of listening to jazz music all of, in the future, she listens to modern pop music or something. Like, like make that do that thing like and they even do it later on in this episode where she goes on to appreciate like high art and like make the high art low art comparison like suddenly like like they just did like there's there's nothing wrong with that but when she starts like do it like uh, uh, i don't know i don't this it's this episode is really weird to me like it doesn't feel like an a season eight episode for to me it feels well, that's probably why I got pushed to season nine. It wasn't good enough to be in season eight. I, yeah, I don't. It was less than the production order, you know. And those those generally do get pushed. It's the, I mean, most right. of the time, it's the ones that are the last made are the ones that get pushed to the next season. It, I I don't know. It just feels it has a little bit of meanness in it, which is the things I think of when I think of seasons after season eight. I start to think like later, like nine, ten, and really into the teens, it starts getting mean. And it feels like there's some meanness in this, and I don't like it. I don't like it, Matt. I don't see the meanness, but if you see it, I can't really uh, you poke think... your eyes out and tell you you're wrong. Oof, poke my eyes out? Is that what you do to people? Well, when you disagree with me, obviously, what else would I do? Reason discourse? Come on. I would say just avoid them. <laughs> Why do you think I spend all my time at home? I was going to like, you don't have to engage with them at all. If only that were the truth. Mostly it is, honestly. Yeah. No, not not for my job. Oh, that's true. But, Sorry, yeah, that's true. You're making a good point. Yeah. If I was independently wealthy, I would never <laughs> leave the house. It'd be great. It's not that great. Take it from me. Uh, no, no, we are different people. It would be great for me. I have I have the one person in my life that. God damn it. <laughs> what happens Robbie? after the, the 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 nightmare? After the nightmare, we go to commercial. Okay. Uh. When we come back, Homer and Bart are upset by this. They're upset by Lisa, you know, saying that she doesn't she doesn't want to become them. I mean, they were eating chocolate off the floor. How can they not? Okay. Uh, I hope you're not going to suggest that Homer and Bart should be more self-aware. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that. It's just I want Marge. Where's Marge? Marge is the only <laughs> relevant. She's like, it, you had a bad day. Dinner's ready in three minutes. Like, it's Marge is the voice of reason in this episode. She is, and that's why they keep them apart for most I of the know, episode. I know, it's so least... frustrating. <laughs> um, it, that, I think that's the... I'm, I feel like you in this for this episode, Matt. I feel like you. Like, why do <laughs> they... I'm like, and I, you feel... You're like, if they had to, because that's what makes the plot work. And you're like, uh. Um, Lisa realizes that she's kind of 
losing what she what she is. And so on her way out, so to speak, she is going to enjoy some art. Dear Log, it won't be long now before my mind melts into a soft Simpson-y sludge. Soon, the arts and literature I love will be replaced by talk radio and vulgar mudflaps. It's time to give my brain its last meal. Oh, Kenny, look at the interplay of light and shadow. It's so luminous and vibrant. Oh, thanks, Lisa. I painted that one. The real one's in my garage. I I don't remember that joke. From the first, really, time. that is the the main joke I remember from this episode. I didn't remember it. I really like it. Uh, then she goes to see an uh, a violinist, uh, an electrical violinist. Uh, electric violin. I mean, if it's plugged or unplugged, I don't really make a distinction, honestly. Um, yeah. At the same time, we cut back to the freaky mart. Uh, the rich Texan shows up and wants to buy Frostilicus. Son, I represent a group of oil tycoons who make foolish purchases. We already bought us a stained glass bathrobe and the world's fattest racehorse. Now we need your ice man. Oh, no, I could never sell him. He's like a frozen father to me. How much for just the head? Mm. By gum, it worked. I've awakened in the future. Moon pie. What a time to be alive. Hey, who unplugged my freezer? Return to your state of living death at once, sir. Is that you, Apu? Whoa. Time has ravaged your once useful looks. Poor, poor Apu. Uh, apparently he has gotten significantly older looking in the several days that well, Jasper's been in there. Maybe Jasper's eyes just don't... I mean, Jasper's eyes don't work very well. I believe they actually... That is canonical. He has well. That's cataracts. true. I mean, he, he, bar- he yeah. He barely was able to uh, see Smithers when he got shot. So uh, yeah, and also, I mean, moon pies are the future. Sorry. Yes, they absolutely are. They are the dessert of the future because they are uh, somewhat good and uh, they 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 last a long time. You don't like moon pies? I do enjoy moon pies. Uh, they're just not like if someone said could you could have any dessert. Moon pies would not even be in the top 100. But, you know, if someone said, hey, you need a shelf-stable dessert that you can take with you on a long journey, I'd be like, all right, moon pies. You ever had, Easy. You ever had the reverse moon pie? I don't think I have. Have a vanilla moon pie? I have had a vanilla one. Quite good. Still prefer the chocolate. Banana, though, can we could just burn all those. Those are nasty. What? You don't like the banana moon pie? No, that fake banana flavor tastes like a gross Michelle banana, and that's nasty. A gross what banana? Gross Michelle. That's what the, the variety of bananas before the current Cavendish, before they were wiped out by a fungus. I, Matt, when you first said, you said gross Michelle banana. <laughs> I thought that was some, Michelle, is there, is that a, that was a full house character, right? My thing It was, it was the child. Right. I was thinking that was some full house reference. Uh, it is not. My wife is the Fuller House fan, not I. I don't. I'm just, I was just very confused. I'm like, there's, what's, what is Matt talking about Full House Bananas for? What's going on? <laughs> um, and that's the end of the B-plot. Uh, and we, it's, it's very strange. Well, they convert it to the nudie mark. That's, that's the yeah, end of the B-plot. which, woof. I don't, uh, I like the Moon Pie joke fine enough. I really don't like this B, uh, this B-plot very much. I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's cute. It, it, it belongs to the different episode, I, though. I feel like it's a, five minute payoff for a moon pie joke which 
I mean, maybe a, maybe a poo joke as if well. If you think the moon pie joke was the whole point of that, I have bad news for you. I, well, that's what it felt like. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's much. Okay. Why? Lisa talks to the uh, the electric violinist after the show, and, the, and she convinces Lisa, no, you need to tell everyone. You need to share your, your, this, this vision with the world about how they should enjoy things before they're gone. Why in the notes, Matt, does it say terrible electric violinist? Why did, uh, you... did you listen to that music? That was that was pretty awful. I mean, it was fine. It's all, I don't. It's it was eighteen seconds. Like what? It, you you got a lot out of it. I just it's fine. It wasn't out of tune yeah, or anything. I got enough to know that I would not want to listen to any more of that. Matt, you don't listen to music. Period. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Touche. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lisa goes on television uh, and makes an earnest plea in the guise of making a comment about war widows. And now, with an editorial reply, here's a small girl. Hello, my name is Lisa Simpson. <gasps> I'm supposed to talk to you about Proposition 305. Mooching war widows. But I have something more important to say. For reasons beyond my control, I will soon become vapid, sluggish, and slow-witted. So before that happens, I want to share some things with you that have really meant a lot to me. What is she doing out there? I'll cut off her mic. No, no, no. Let her speak. I'm trying to get fired. And please don't deprive yourself of wonderful books like To Kill a Mockingbird, Harriet the Spy, and Yertle the Turtle. Possibly the best book ever written on the subject of turtle stacking. She's got that right. Beauty is all around us, and not just in pageants and parlors. You can find it in the swirl of galaxies or the swirl in the center of a sunflower. That's a good idea. Let's go out for some frosty swirls. Homer, your daughter is pouring her heart out. We'll tape it. Why is she saying all this? Is she dying? Oh, she's just upset because I told her her brains turn into mush. You know, on account of the Simpson gene. Simpson gene? That's just foolishness. No, Baldness, too. So please, I beg you, don't take your brain for granted. It's the best friend you'll ever have. <clears throat> Little girl likes her brain. What's your opinion? Simpson Jean. Somebody's got to set that girl straight, and I know how to do it. Art, get me your address book, four beers, and my conversation hat. I've, Homer's conversation hat. Little girl likes her brain. Sorry. Yeah, Homer's conversation hat. I, I wanted episode about that. Honestly, come on, we're in season twenty nine. Can we not just get an episode about the origin of the conversation hat? The... For real, right? I want to know where you got that come from. Come on, what else are you gonna be doing? Um, so Homer f- does something to help his daughter, I suppose, by calling up. All of the Simpsons that we see some distant Simpson relatives in this in this uh, and that aren't Herb and Lisa's woken up to to see them and to see that hey maybe not all the Simpsons are bad maybe Lisa it's me Daddy your father I rounded up every Simpson in the Tri City area so I can prove to you there's nothing wrong with the Simpson genes this is your great uncle Chet go ahead Chet tell her what you do. I run an unsuccessful shrimp company. Oh, but you run it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, this is your second cousin, Stanley. Um, I shoot birds at the airport. Everybody hates birds, right? <laughs> well, you look pretty successful. Thanks. I play a millionaire at parties. At least I'd like to. 
You probably should have researched this first, eh, Dad? What about you? Well, sir, I step in front of cars and sue the drivers. I beg celebrities for money. Uh, I'm a prison snitch. Jug band manager. My legs hurt. Oh. Lisa's right. We're nothing but a big bunch of losers. Show's over, folks. Go home. What about our five bucks? You get it after you leave. Now get out of here. Wait a minute, Homer. You didn't ask everybody. What about the women? Fine, fine. What do you do, Dr. Simpson? Doctor? That's right. I'm chief of complicated surgery at the Care Clinic. That means you went to college, right? You have to if you want to be an architect. Or an environmental lawyer. Or regional sales coordinator for the third largest distributor of bunk and trundle beds. Oh, did you hear that, Lisa? So, all the Simpson women turn out okay. That's right, sweetie. The defective Simpson gene is on the Y chromosome, so only men are affected. So I'm not doomed! Oh, Dad, I've never been happier to be your daughter! Oh, it ain't, honey. Remember, there's nothing that says you can't be a Simpson and a success. Unless you're a man. So wait a minute. This means I'm going to be a failure? Yes, son. A spectacular failure. Eh. Dearest Log, I am me again. And I feel like there's nothing I can't do. Except this stupid brain teeth. <gasps> So, there's a lot there. That was a long clip, but I want to get all of it. That was I a thought. long clip. I, I just thought it was important to know that there are doctors of complicated surgery. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to... Okay. I, I like a lot of the points the episode makes. Coming back to this again, I guess. Harping on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how it gets there, largely. I don't... It feels this is okay. This is and this is what I thought as I after I watched the episode. I was as I was thinking about it. You know what this episode feels like to me, Matt? To give us a, another anal- an analogy for another uh, pop culture. Uh, I don't know. I want to call it a retcon, but if this episode feels like mid midi chlorians to me. Ooh. Well, okay, you're really gonna have to describe that one because I don't even see where that's coming from. Okay, so in the first trilogy of Star Wars, it was just the Force. You know, it was just a mythical thing that you touched. Certain people could do it, and some people couldn't, right? It was just there. It wasn't explained. It didn't need to be explained. Okay. And for nearly 200 episodes of The Simpsons, Homer's stupidity and Bart's, I don't know, tr- uh, okay, tr- I see where you're going now. Yeah. Bart's troublemaking, was, it was just there. And, and Homer's stupidity was, hey, he's just, he's, a, he's slow, but he's good at heart. He loves his family. He cares about them. He's willing to do anything for them at the end of the day. And Bart, like, think to, like, Bart gets an F, where Bart wants to do, wants to, wants to be smart for once, wants to do good, and he can't, And he, but he tries so hard, and he manages to eke out a D. And that's, like, a, it's a success for him. And that, like, those, and I, like, that's a building block for Bart. That's, like, the, a very fundamental Bart episode, I feel like. And then suddenly you get to this episode, and it's just, you remember all those character choices we've made for hundreds of episodes? Actually, here's the reason. The reason is just genetics 
and that's why. And I'm like, I mean, that was the obvious answer before, but now there's a specific gene associated with it. Yeah, and it's just like, like, and it's like, oh yeah, Lisa can now be anything. I'm like, well, what about Bart? Like, that seems this seems incredibly cruel to Bart as well. Like, why? Like, I know they immediately forget about it because there's plenty of episodes like where yeah. they where they go to the future and Bart is fine, or they don't forget about it and Bart is a failure, still a loser, an underachiever. But I don't want to see how the sausage is made. You know, just Bart is the way he is because that's the way he is. Homer's the way he is because that's the way he is. I don't need you to explain Simpsons genetics to me. And, like, Lisa's struggling to, like, be smart. Like, also, I I feel like that isn't – that is never – like, her going, oh, I can – like, another fundamental character thing about Lisa is, you know, her saxophone. Like, why can't – like, she routinely – has faced just face adversity and said, no, I can do that. You know, uh, when Malibu state, like she makes a doll when she, when she's presented an image of, 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 uh, of representation in Malibu station, she doesn't like, she makes a doll that changes it. She routinely, that is her, that's uh, a trope that, that they use on her character. And it is established by this point. And then suddenly she's challenged with adversity and it's not, Oh, suddenly! Oh, I can fa- I can beat this. It is I am doomed because of fate for some reason. It doesn't. It like she like it feels counterintuitive to me, and it feels all. You're all saying the- Lisa's a fighter. She wouldn't accept this line. Down. Yes, and suddenly, oh, suddenly she's presented with Simpsons that are doctors, and suddenly she goes, "Oh, I can't do it." I don't ever see her needing th- needing that to realize that she could be a smart person. Like, I feel like it is self-evident. You know, I think, therefore, I am, even if I don't like Dick Hart. All right. I don't like Dick Hart okay. very much, but I, I I, do agree with that. Uh, I, I feel Lisa has a handle enough on that. And it also is, it feels backwards to suddenly, oh, Homer is the way he is because all the Simpson men get dumb. Like, if you want to, like, the more interesting thing to me is this, the the fact that none of the men, when they're seeing this and explain it, none of them think of the women. Like, if you want to do an episode about that, all right, that's interesting. That's funny. That's yeah. clever. But just suddenly going, oh, the reason Homer and Bart act the way they do is biological, and therefore that explains it. I, I don't explain it to me. I don't need to – you don't need to explain why Homer's dumb. Like, I feel – like it feels like midichlorians. Like, you don't need to explain that to me. You were fine leaving it in the dark. And I, I like a lot of I don't know like they uh, Oakley and Weinstein said like oh this is, we wanted to go out with a bang we wanted to go out so that really exemplified Lisa, and I they've done my favorite episode of The Simpsons frankly they're all it's all them but I I think this episode's funny I like where it goes in a lot of places I like you know Marge being the only voice of reason in this thing but it's just too kind of simple in the end of it like. I don't want – why are you it, – it, it feels like it eliminates every step along the way the choices that the characters have made. I know the writers are making those choices. I understand. But I would like – you don't take it away from the characters. Don't take their agency away. You know, don't take away why Homer did this very specific thing because he's so stupid. Why did Bart do this very specific thing? Oh, it's because of genetics. No, it – choice Char- character choice is incredibly important agency like if you're gonna take away characters agency you have to have a really good reason for it and it has to be important it has to be thematic and when you do it in just a, just in this specific episode it just feels i don't know 
it's not like they talk about it ever again, because of course they don't. They never reference this ever again. But it it feels like it implies things to me in the, in a greater sense. And I don't know. I remember liking this episode a lot, but watching it again, I don't. I think it's fine. You know, I don't think it's good. I think it's okay. I think it's funny. It has really clever stuff in it. Like I can see the hallmarks of those guys and all in the writing staff and everything. It's just it also feels kind of I don't know misguided. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. I, I'm I'm definitely with you. With uh, you know, we don't need an explanation for why Bart and Homer are the way they are. And luckily, in a show like The Simpsons, as you said, they pretty much ignore it from here on out. Like this is The Simpsons gene might be brought up in one more episode. Uh, so. Again, we don't really need to know that, but thankfully its impact is not far spread. And like you, I would have liked to see Lisa uh, fight this a little more. Uh, but again, I feel like we always appreciate the episodes where Lisa acts like an eight-year-old. And I feel like this is the kind of response an eight-year-old would have. It's not exactly in line with Lisa's character up and now. Like you said, she is probably going to be a fighter about this. She'll be like, no, there's got to be some way I can fix this, find out. Like if she was the one to call all the Simpsons together and figure out what was going on, it would be more interesting. But Homer would have had less of a role in the episode. So that's probably why they gave it for him to do. Uh, You know, okay, this episode reminds me a lot of Lisa the Skeptic. It's an episode I really enjoyed. A long time ago, but the more you think about it, the more you're like, this doesn't all hang together perfectly. It's not really true to the character. And, you know, obviously we'll get to that when we go to rank it. Um, uh, Summer of Four Foot Two is a great Lisa episode. It's it's the kind of thing that this was trying to be, because if you think about Summer of Four Foot Two, that was one of those episodes where Lisa questions who she is and that sort of thing, kind of like she is in this one. But in that one, she does fight. She reinvents herself and that feels more true to her character than that than this does and i think that's why that's a better episode than this is because this just feels off for the character and and in in the end you know while like you said the jokes in this episode are good it's not as true to the character so therefore it's not as good of an episode as it could have been i i feel like the plot of this episode happens to lisa i don't feel like lisa does anything you know yeah she doesn't drive the plot forward at all it's not it's not it's never it's never you know Summer 4 for 2 works so well is because it it hits a crack. It finds a crack in Lisa's armor. And that's like the usually that's fiction in general. That's art is you have characters that that are struggling with something and you challenge it. You go after the weakest spot. You hit them where it hurts and you see how they respond. And Summer 4 for 2 is Lisa re- reinvents herself and then is broken down because of Bart and then because of the the kids who are also challenged who be, they feel like real characters in their own way she is that and then is able to realize that her original form her original self was good and in this it feels like oh she can't fix things she's she's unable to do anything and i don't know the powerlessness the lack of agency in that it doesn't feel it feels manipulative it doesn't feel real and like like I said, I see the seams, and that always bothers me. You know, I, I, yeah, shouldn't, be, I this, shouldn't be thinking about that. <laughs> this episode actually feels to me a lot like a, a Marge episode. Like, this is the kind of thing that would happen to Marge. The end wouldn't happen the same way because uh, I feel like if this arc had happened to Marge, something like this, not obviously the same thing, it would be getting dumber or whatever, uh, but Marge feels like she's alienated from the, the family. She would basically kind of freeze up at first but then pull through at the end in this episode is lisa that does the freezing up which again not really a lisa thing to do but even then she doesn't 
pull through at the end. It's her family that saves her from that. And I don't feel like that's the kind of thing that doesn't fit with a Lisa episode. This would be a great Marge episode if something similar happened where Marge lost her, her grip on the family and it was up to the family to bring her back. That's, that's actually an episode I would like to see. We babbled on a lot about this. We will rake it at the end of the show. Uh, we have one submission for my favorite episode, a sort of submission. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for the show. It's been a great time re-exploring my favorite show with you guys. Uh, while I tuned into Lady and my true favorites, Lisa Simpson will always, will always hold a special place in my heart. I was also a smart kid who slowly, sto- who slowly stopped achieving for a number of reasons. And this episode always hit me on a personal level. Her impassioned speech on TV, uh, followed by Kent Brofkin's perfect little girl likes her brain, always resonated with me. And Homer's failed attempt to convince Lisa that the Simpsons gene didn't exist always tickled me. My legs hurt too, sir. Thanks for all you do, Zach. <laughs> My legs do. I mean, that is 100. I uh, also we didn't mention it. Dan Castellaneta doing all those variations on a, a, a Homer voice. Very good. Yeah, it's so great. It's he he spent a lot of time just like doing very little small. They're like you. They're little tweaks to Homer's voice, and they all work really well. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments with the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comes to the news group. It's where I come through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about, how they thought about the episode. Universally liked. No dissent. Which is good, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, I, I like, it's, they, they, uh, I don't, it felt like, the, I don't know. There was a lot of talk about, oh, this is a, a new writer, and they're, everyone is very excited. Like, well, we, we want to see more from this guy. I'm like, well, <laughs> they didn't realize. Nope, they don't get it anymore. And they, you know, they, know the production codes so they knew at that time even that this was from the last season's run and they were like yeah this feels like i don't know i felt like sometimes the news group people are like they have preconceptions of these production of the everyone involved like each if they have a certain director on it a certain writer on it or a certain showrunner on it they already have a preconception of what the the episode's going to be and they're like oh this is a brush of fresh air a brush of fresh air a breath of fresh air etc i don't know i i understand their viewpoint i understand they i lo- i really like this i don't know when i first the first five i don't know i've never thought i don't know this is very surprising to me i fully expected to really like this episode um i don't well, know you did i did in the past and they did too but when they you were, think about it yeah mm. i mean that's uh, you know art doesn't change but you do change that's why you reread books that is true um not much else people complain about south park South Park was, mm. and then people who like South Park going go to the South Park news groups. Why? Why are you on the Simpsons news group talking about South Park tribalism? Uh, <laughs> we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your favorite Mo episode? Tons of great answers. Always appreciated. First from Sean, Flaming Moe's is the quintessential Moe episode, portraying him as both a disloyal sleazebag and a loyal friend. He's a paradox, and Moe is at best when he's allowed to be both of those things, and not a depressive suicidal maniac. I, yes, I agree. Nick, uh, I like Moe Baby Blues because it gives Moe himself a little bit more character than him just jumping off a bridge. But once he actually has something to cling on to with Maggie, does it have Moe tropes? Yes, but it is kind of endearing to watch. I agree. I think, yeah, it's when... He's not just jumping off bridges. Uh, AJ, does Bart sells a soul count for most family feedback bits? I I will allow it because I'm in charge. If not that, I'm quite partial to, uh, to Pin Pals, which uh, uh, which is what's the name? Homer Homer Pin Pals episode. Matt, what's the oh, name of it? Homer's uh, uh, Homer, Homer uh, something. 
Team Homer? Team Homer. I don't know. It's Team, Team Homer. Homer. That's what uh, Both focus on him in a more positive light. As much as I get the depression and suicide jokes he's used for, they get repetitive and uncomfortable after 28 seasons, and he's still going through those motions. Uh, Eric, either Flamingos or I know it's a cheat, the Love Matic Grandpa spinoff short. It's not cheat. <laughs> I, you can agree <laughs> no, with that. That's, it's great. That's part. That's a, it's fine. Uh, and, uh, Anna, I thought Eeny Tiny, Eeny Teeny Maya Mo was surprisingly sweet. I like any episode that focuses on the softer side of Mo. I think it, it's yeah. it's so easy to get on the misanthropic monster troll thing. Uh, Abby, I hate Mo episodes. There, I said it. Oh man, brutal. It's rough. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all right. There's, I don't like comic book guy. Uh, midnight, midnight, and third day. Uh, Flaming Mo is probably my favorite, but I want to mention Mo Baby Blues. It's a part of possibly the worst section of Simpsons seasons 11 and 15, but it showed a side of Mo that was heartwarming to watch, plus lots of Maggie screen time has never been a bad thing. Ian at Habernack, 100% Flaming Mo's. I still to this day would love to try it, cough syrup and all. Um, and from Bizarro Felger at Sports Club, uh, Pygmo- Pygmolian, when Mo uh, got a facelift and become a soap opera star, Goldenrod is for coma fantasies. Um, Matt, what's your answer? I gotta go with Mo Baby Blues. Uh, it, uh, it was uh, Nick that said that. Uh, it takes place in a, a rough patch uh, uh, and, and uh, of the seasons, uh, but it, it, it's a very interesting episode because uh, Mo is basically given something to live for. Uh, Mo, Mo basically survives on spite, uh, and he, he, he keeps on living because there are people that deserve his ire. And in that episode, and also uh, Eeny Teeny Maya Mo, uh, also a great episode, um, Mo always screws it up because he lets that get the better of him. He can't enjoy anything that makes him happy. And it's always good to see an episode uh, like those, but especially Mo Baby Blues, that where we concentrate on what makes Mo's life li- uh, worth living that is not hating other people. Uh, it, it gets to at least at a softer side of Mo. And it's, it's, it's always better to explore that side than what makes Mo angry or greedy or, you know. All the bad stuff. <laughs> All the bad stuff. Yeah. My answer is the Homer They Fall. Nice. Um, I think I like it. it. I mean, it gives a lot of depth to to Mo. I think that's really, like, I, I think it, I wish it was more of a Mo episode. Like, I wish there was less Homer in it, honestly. I think that's my biggest problem with it, is that there's too much Homer. But it's still, like, really interesting, and it, and it endears him like, at the end. Like, he's a good, he has the, he's a good person at the end, which is, I again... I like yeah. Mo being a good person. I think that's really what makes me choose it is like he saves over and he, you know, over choosing over. And it's not just, I don't know. Most of the time it seems to be like money is the thing that challenges Mo and every time, but this time it's more like, Oh, I don't want my friend to be killed. So that's fine. <laughs> um, oh, next, those morals. Oh, always those get morals. In the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, next week's question is, uh, this is suggested by Joel on Twitter. Metal Pig 1971. I thought it was interesting. Who would you cast in a live action Simpsons? I, it's a weird. I like. I've resisted hmm. that idea, but as a thought experiment, I'm totally for it. I will. I will. It, you do, know. Do, do people still have to be alive? No. No. Any any time. It does not have to be you know living Ooh, or dead. Okay. And uh, just the family. Don't worry about. You don't have. I mean, if you want to do the entire cast, go for it. But the core family is is I think enough. Yeah, given our, our latest bonus episode, casting up who would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Please just stick with the family. <laughs> yes, the, I mean that's we'll see. Um, that's next week's question. I'll post on all social media: facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt. Guess what? Mm. Time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. 
S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and, he, Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. I am losing this season by five points. Still ways, we have a bit to go. I can make that up. Five points is, isn't bad. That's not a bad you deficit. You can pick up one, one exchange. I could, technically. Possibly. I have, uh, I'll start us off, Matt, with an easy question. Are you ready? Ready. These are all from War of the Simpsons. Ooh, oh man, that's an early one. All right. What is the name of the catfish Homer tries to catch? I believe it's General Sherman. That is correct. All right. 500 pounds. <laughs> uh, shock of hair. Red is good. Uh, what does he say? Red is something else. When he's grabbing Homer at the end. I, I love that old guy in the, in the debate shop. Red, Your red easy is... question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where does the town hide from the comet in Bart's Comet? Uh, that'd be Flanders Bomb Shelter. That is correct. I mean, if also, they don't hide <laughs> at the end. Well, not at the and, end, but yeah. They all, they all meet. Uh, they all go, you know, say hi to the comet. All right, Matt, your medium question. There are three couples at the retreat. Uh, the Simpsons, the Flanders are two of them. What are the names of the other couple? Um, Gloria and... Oh, man. What is his name? Gloria and... I know it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Charles. Let's say Charles. I'm sorry, Matt. Aw. It's John. John. John and Gloria. Okay. Do I get one point for uh, getting mm, the one? I don't think so, Matt. I'm sorry. He's <sighs> just stickler for the rules. I ha- I'm... I have to be. It's what got. There's a reason I'm only five points behind this season. All right. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> all right. Well, your medium question. Okay. What song does the town sing as the comet approaches? I'm mean, gonna a uh, artist and name of the song. Oh, okay. Well, it's K Sarah Sarah. I don't know if that's the natural name of the song though. K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be will be. There's a weird name for it. Uh, I don't know if that's the actual name. And I don't know. That, I don't know. That's I don't know this answer, but I don't know. It's case or Rasa but I have no idea. I cannot name the artist, and I don't think that's the actual name. <laughs> uh, actually, it, it is the name. Uh, is case or Parentheses. Whatever will be, will be. Uh, the artist is Doris Day. Oh, okay. That was Doris. Okay. I think we looked that up, and yeah. I was surprised then, and I'm surprised now. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. All I remember, yeah, I remember case or I don't. Re- I don't remember. All right. Hit me with the hard one. Uh, Revel of joy. During the church service, it declares that there are new pamphlets available in the church bulletins. Oh, jeez. What are there? Are four of them. What are they? Okay, there's Satan's boners, more Satan's boners. Um, those the two I definitely remember. Yeah, they're the fun um, ones. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not coping with senility. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh. Yeah, sorry, it was good grief, more Satan's boners. Um, I don't know the other two. Uh, the four are Bible bafflers, Satan's boners, more good grief, more Satan's boners, and for the Keens, it's not cool to fry in hell. Oh, that's right. I don't. I'm surprised you remember good grief. I was like, you're like good grief, more Satan's boners. Felt that feels like a peanuts. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, what's my hard question? Your hard question. What? Who was the principal who stole Skinner's first astronomical discovery? Oh, man. I just saw someone posted this on somewhere. I saw this. It was, oh, that principal and that little boy of his. I got them back for whatever he says. <laughs> uh, oh, is it? That can't be right. Uh, that can't be right. Um, 
It's the name that popped in my head, though, so I'm going to say it. Principal Dondelinger? No, that's the name for... That's uh, Homer's old principal. No. um, Isn't it? Man, I just saw this, too. Principal... I'm just going to say Dondelinger. I don't think it's right, though. I'm probably it's not right. It's Principal Kotek. Kotek? That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird, that's, that's a weird name. It's stuck in my brain, so I was like, Robbie will never know this. Yeah, I was worried. Okay, Principal Kotek. All right. We're a snail mate once again. Still five points behind. We both get the easy questions and nothing else. It's all right, though. It's okay. There's always next week. More trivia. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part, is the part of the show that Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, All right. Lisa the Skeptic. Well, I would say it's number one. Yeah, say Lisa the Skeptic. I think it's better than Lisa the Skeptic. I would agree, despite um, all my complaining. All right, I, I know I complained a lot about. I railed on a lot. I think it's mainly because I feel like I want to say a lot about like I want to like this episode a lot. I think that's where it was. I was like, I really want to like it, and I do like a lot of it. It just feels like there's some things here and there that I really kind of resent. Um, yeah. This actually okay. feels closer to me to like Principal and the Popper. Wow. Okay. It okay. feels in that it feels very much because I really I like Principal of the Popper, I think, is going for something very interesting. And I feel like it it is that same kind of like, hey, it's an Oakley and Weinstein episode and it they went for a lot of stuff and sometimes it lands and sometimes you have little missteps here and there. And I feel like that is what this is. Um I I would put it in there somewhere. I don't know where. Where do you think? Somewhere. Well, I don't know. Okay. Going down from the principal of the popular, which is at number 70, uh, the next Lisa episode is Lisa the Greek. Is this as good as Lisa the Greek? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Okay. Just making sure. Um, hmm, there are, there's a, a whole lot of Lisa stuff happening Well, I mean, it doesn't have there. to be. Uh, I think. Oh, I know. I'm just. I think I would put it right around, I would say, right below Homer at the bat. I was kind of thinking that because I was looking at Bart Star and I'm like, is this a better episode than Bart Star? And I think so. Uh, not that much better, but I, Bart Star is kind of weird. Um, but I think this is a little better than that. It's the Twisted World of Marge Simpson is a good Marge episode, but it has a little bit of weirdness in how it characterizes Marge. So I think it's a good comparison to this. And then Homer at the Bat is just great. So I'm definitely okay with that. Okay, so that's number 84. It's a new 84 with Lisa the Simpson. Right below Homer at the bat, right above Twisted World of March Simpson. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list, scrolling down, even though I know the answer, it is Homer's Odyssey at number 183. Eventually, <laughs> we'll be replaced. What is our next episode, Matt? Our next episode is... Sorry, it's late at night here. The next episode is <laughs> I, 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 this I, I, little I, I would like I, I would like to point out, it is not. It is 9.21 where Matt is. Yes, late that at is, night. That is very late for people who get up <sighs> at you know 6 a.m. Matt, I got up. I, I got up at five thirty for three years. I went to bed at eleven every night. Uh, that's because you're an insane person who doesn't require actual sleep. I mean, you're an elf, obviously. En- energy drinks, just- energy drinks carry you a long way. Mm-hmm. My four day ap- energy drink habit. <laughs> All those dead brain cells. They don't kill. It does not kill brain cells. You're terrible. Probably sure. What? Right, where is it? Where where is it? Have you read that caffeine kills brain cells? We've been drinking caffeine for hundreds of years. We're fine. I just I, th- this is a sample size of one. I'm just I'm just looking to you. I mean, my brain cells might be dying. It has nothing to do with caffeine. All right, 
It probably uh-huh. has to do with all the concussions I got playing high school football. That's my guess. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yes, yeah, so our next episode is this little wiggy, which again another episode that I like. I remember liking, and it has Bart and Ralph team up. That's fun. That's a fun thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We talk. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, before we go, we are we have lots of stuff on on the internet. We have a website, thissimsimshow.com. Uh, everything there links to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our SS feed, to our Patreon. Where you can throw, this, throw us a couple dollars and, and get some bonus material along with it. Uh, I'm I'm losing my mind here. I'm on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Please check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And The Serial Fanaticist is about kind of whatever nerdy stuff I want to talk about that week. Or I'll, a new one will be coming out soon. I'll, I'm almost done NaNoWriMo. It's the last day of November. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. Oh, that's true. Uh, but you will find me at my new one-man show where I just look at the audience and say the word moist over and over again. So uh, if you can handle that, come on down. That's like uh, it's like Andy Kaufman level of, uh, of humor there, Matt. It is. It is. It's also the, the plot of an episode of How I Met Your Mother, so you know. Oh, don't recycle material. <laughs> oh, come on. It's funny. I, I don't. I don't enjoy that program. Well, feel free to be wrong. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm Robbie. Are you all right there? I'm, I'm Robbie, Matt. and I'm Matt, <laughs> and I'm Matt, and I'm Matt. <laughs> keep and watching, I'm Matt. Keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.